You know, there's moments in life um, where wouldn't it be wonderful to have a pause button just to stop and say that those of you without power right now, this is not one of those moments for you. I'm sorry for you. Um, but those moments, maybe when you're sitting at the beach on a perfect summer night and the sunset is glorious and the rest of the world has just disappeared while you sit there, you just wish you could press pause and stay there forever. Or maybe you think of of your favorite vacation spot, wherever that was, where, where you and your family, or maybe you all by yourself, were out wherever it was, and you just thought, this is the life. This is perfect. I wish I could just press pause and stay here forever. Or maybe it's an era in your life. Maybe you're, you're a baby person. When your kids were babies, you just thought, I wish my kid would stay a child, stay a baby forever, because I just love to... Or, or maybe you're a teenage parent and you just love going to all your kids' soccer games and, and band concerts. And you think, oh, I wish I could press, press pause in this era and just stay here forever and ever. Or maybe, maybe it's when your kids finally left and you're an empty nester. Yes, let's just stay here forever. Press pause, right? And wish those moments would never end. We get to see one of those moments. We get to to experience that in Luke chapter 9. Take out your Bibles. If you need to run to the back and to the side and grab a Bible, you're welcome to do that right now. Luke chapter 9, page 841. Peter has one of these pause moments in life, right? So, so Jesus, earlier in this chapter, has just revealed to all of his disciples that he is going to die, he's going to rise again. He told them the whole story of what's coming. And now, starting at verse 28... Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, just the three of them, and he heads up on top of a mountain, and he has one of these pause moments in life. Listen to this, starting at verse 28. It says, about eight days after Jesus had said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men... Moses and Elijah appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his, and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with them. And as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the, from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves, and they did not tell anyone at the time, what they had seen. So Peter finds himself on a mountaintop with Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Now pause and think about that for just a moment. He's with Moses and Elijah. The, hero, the Old Testament heroes of the faith who had been transported through time and space to show up on that mountaintop. And there he, they are with Jesus, and Jesus is shining like lightning. This isn't something you see every day. This is spectacular. This is awesome. This is a miraculous moment. 
in verse 33 then tells us that, that it's about to end. Elijah and Moses, these heroes, are packing up to leave. And Peter jumps up quickly and says, wait, 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 time out, everybody. Time out, Jesus. It is good for us to be here. So let's put up these shelters. Let's stay here forever. In other words, Peter says, this is really, really good. Let's just press pause and never leave this place and never let this moment end and never go anywhere again, but just stay here. Can we blame him? We all have those wonderful moments in life, those pause button moments that we never want to end. Peter's words could be our words, right? It is good to be here where we're comfortable. It is really, really good here now. And we don't want these moments to end. But they do. The cloud comes, and Moses and Elijah disappear, and Jesus is back to being Jesus again, the Jesus they recognize. Yes, it is good for them to be here, but God has greater plans, more than just staying right here. God has a bigger dream. Like we talked about last week, in order to arrive at God's disruptive dreams, we need to let go of the present, right? In order to get there, where God wants us to be, we need to leave here, where we are. If Jesus were to say to Peter, yes, let's just stay in this moment. Let's press pause and stay here forever. Then there would be no cross, and there would have been no resurrection, and there would be no grace and salvation for you and for me. If Jesus were just to stay in that moment, as wonderful as it was, as great as it was, his work would be incomplete. And that would be tragic. It is good to be here. But we can't stay here. Because it's better to be there, where God is leading. So last week, we recognized together the reality of this in-between time, right? That time that it takes to journey from where we are, from here, to where God wants us to be, to there, right? We are here. God wants us there. The path in between, the path that will get us there is difficult. It's hard, as Matt just prayed. Right? Remember the stories from the Bible that we looked at last week? For Joseph, it was slavery. It was prison that brought him from the shepherd's field to Pharaoh's court. For the Israelites, it was the desert, 40 years of desert that brought them from slavery in Egypt to the promised land. For Jesus, it was a cross and a tomb that brought him to Easter victory. In fact, Paul himself warned us that the transformation journey would be difficult in Romans chapter 5. These are his words. He said, we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In other words, this journey in between where we are and where God wants us to be includes suffering. It demands perseverance in order to get to God's preferred future for us. So as a church, as Ivan Rest Church community, we are stepping into this transition time. We are leaving here what we know, what we're comfortable with, to begin the journey there to where God prefers us to be. We're stepping into God's dream for us. Remember we talked about that last week. That's what obedience is. Obedience is stepping into God's dream for the future. Living into God's dream for us. His preferred future for us. We need to know, we need to know right at the beginning here that this transition will lead us into uncomfortable and uncertain and unknown places. That's what it's like to be in between in between where we are and where God's going to bring us. So we need to know how to live and survive and maybe even thrive. Maybe even thrive in that in-between time, that transition time. Jeff Mannion is pastor at Ada Bible Church, and he calls this place the land between in his book entitled The Land Between, Finding God in Difficult transitions. I've recommended this book often. I'll give, I'll give credit where credit is due. A lot of what I'm going to share with you next comes from this book. It comes from Jeff Mannion. Because whether we choose it or not, whether we like it or not, whether they're exciting gains in life or, or painful losses in life, we will all find ourselves in times of difficult transition in life. Right? Families transition as eras go by from that newborn to that teenager to that empty nest. And marriages transition as years and anniversaries go by. And careers transition, either intentionally or sadly unintentionally sometimes. And churches transition as we're forced to move from our contentedly comfortable here to God's dream of there, there are lessons we need to learn. Because this land between, this journey between, has the power to either profoundly build our faith up and strengthen us, or to profoundly damage our faith and harm us. Mannion reflects on the people of Israel's journey from, from Egypt where they were slaves to the glorious promised land where they're free. Their land between those two places was a desert for 40 years. And he reminds us that, that the language of the land between, in that language, sentences often start with the words, for now. Right? For now. It recognizes that this desert place, this transition place that we find ourselves in, is not our destination. The land between is not God's ultimate plan and dream for us. It is the journey that God has us on for now. It is the path we are called to travel for now. It is where we find ourselves for now. It is not forever. 
it is for now. And when it feels like we've been in that desert forever and those feelings will come, we need to remember that God's dream for us as individuals, God dream, God's dream for us as a church is not a desert. Right? The desert is the temporary reality for now. So that brings the question, what do we do for now? What do we do in this in-between time when we are in the land between? Do we just wander? Like the Israelites in the desert wandering around aimlessly? Do we just sit and wait and twiddle our thumbs and wait for God's dream to come true? No. The 40 years that Moses and the people of Israel spent in the desert was very difficult. And it was also very, very productive at the same time. Because this, this land between is very, very fertile ground. It can grow some, some wonderfully great things that, as Paul wrote, will not disappoint us. But it can also produce some very dangerous things within us and within our community that can damage us greatly if we're not careful. So we would be foolish. We would be foolish not to learn from those who have traveled this land between before us. So this morning, we're going to briefly glance at five things that the land between will grow in us. Two of them are dangerous. Three of them will turn us towards God in profound, life-changing ways. It's a, it's a five-point checklist that I'm going to be paying attention to on my own personal journey, in my land between, which I'm stepping into. And it'd be great for you as members and leaders of Ivanrest Church to keep this checklist close by. Okay, first of all, what grows in the land between? First of all, the land between is fertile ground for growing complaints. Complaints love to grow in the land between, and we need to uproot them quickly. Right? The land between isn't a pleasant place. It isn't where we choose to be. It isn't where we like to be. And it's easy to get caught up in, in the negative, in the negative attitude of grumbling and complaining. You can see it when you read through the book of Exodus, right? The people of Israel in their land between, between Egypt and the promised land, they complain all the time, right? They complain about not having enough water to drink. Then they complain about not having enough food. And when God gives them food, they complain that it's not the kind of food that they like because they're sick of the food that they're eating. Then they complain about not having water again. Then they complain about their leaders and, and on and on and on the complaints go. And their complaining ends up leading them to the edge of cosmic treason. They come to the place where they begin to believe that we just would have been better off without God. If God just would have left us alone where we were. We should have just stayed in Egypt instead of following God. The land between is the perfect soil. For grumbling and complaining to grow strong and healthy. We need to know up front that this journey is designed to challenge and test our faith. Right? The, the test will be, will we grumble and complain or will we trust God now and for the future? Right? When we find ourselves in this land between, 
Be aware of that temptation to grumble and complain against God, to grumble and complain against the leaders that he's called. But that grumbling and that complaining on our part is evidence that we are blind to God's longer vision for us. It's evidence that we've taken our eyes off of God's plan for us, off of where he's taking us, off of his preferred future for us. That we don't trust him anymore. And that's the antidote. That's how grumbling and complaining gets yanked out of the ground, with trust, with the tool of trusting God for the future, trusting that God knows what's best, trusting that God is working and bringing us to where he wants us to be. Grumbling and complaining grows in the land between. That land between is also fertile ground for meltdown, especially for those that God has called to be leaders in his church. This land between is a crucible for leadership. Take, for instance, the the two men that Peter saw on that mountaintop. He got to meet Moses and Elijah, two wonderful leaders, heroes of, of the history of Israel, right? We picture them, and they're men of faith, strong as ever. They melted down like you wouldn't believe. Moses melts down while leading his people of Israel through the desert. Right? He, he explodes in anger at them. They wear him down until he is ready to give up on the whole lot of them. He just wants to walk away from them all. But in Numbers 11, he lets God have it. Listen to his words. This is Moses. He says, to God, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden's too heavy for me. Listen to these words. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. Whoa, that is serious meltdown. God, if you love me, just kill me now. I'm done. Elijah experiences the same thing. You know the story of Elijah. He's the one on top of Mount Carmel, taking on, doing battle with the the priests of, of Baal. Remember, they both build altars, and they call on their gods to rain fire down and burn up the offering. And the people of Baal, these priests, they dance and they beg for hours and hours, and Baal does nothing. Elijah prays. And God rains down fire from heaven. It's a a high point moment. A a, a pinnacle moment. And that very afternoon, evil Queen, Queen Jezebel sends a message to Elijah. It says, by the end of this day, by the time the sun sets, I'm gonna kill you. How does Elijah respond? He just saw God rain down fire. Does he say, yeah, I'm not scared of you, Jezebel. I've got God on my side, and you just saw what God can do. I'm not scared of you. No. He tucks up his robe, and he runs away like a coward. And he runs as far and as fast as he can for that day until he finds a tree in the middle of nowhere. And he crawls under that tree, and he whines to God. And he says, I've had enough. Take my life. 
Kill me now. I'm done. If you're a leader here at Ivanhoe Church, know that the land between can crush you if you're not careful. Even the strongest, like Moses and Elijah, have moments of meltdown in the land between. Even the strongest need to have community through the journey. Because that's the antidote. That's the gift that God gives to both Moses and Elijah in their meltdown moments. He responds the exact same way to both of them. Moses melts down, and God says, I'm going to raise up 70 leaders to walk with you and to lead with you. You're not doing this alone. Elijah melts down, and God says, I'm going to give you a partner. I'm going to give you Elisha to walk with you and to lead with you. You see, the land between brings leaders to the point where, where they finally realize that they can't do this on their own. They need help. And that's where God brings us, his people. He brings us in as partners in ministry, as encouragers, as intercessors, as fellow servants to those who are called to lead. In the land between, we need each other more than ever. And together, if together we faithfully share this journey through the land between, we will find that it's fertile ground for some wonderfully powerful blessings as well. It's the place where our faith will probably grow the most. Because it's here in this desert journey that we discover best God's provision for us in our time of need, right? We learn to depend on him because we can't do it on our own. And when we learn to depend on him, we discover that he's faithful. He's faithful. He may not give us the relief that we ask for. I'm sure you've been in places in your life where you've asked God to to work a miracle and he hasn't done it. He doesn't always give us the relief we ask for, but he constantly gives us his provision moment by moment, day by day, as we journey towards that destination that he has in store for us. Right? So for the people of Israel, walking through the desert, he gives them the water when they're thirsty. He gives them the food when they're hungry. He gives them meat to eat. He gives them clothes and shoes that don't wear out. When they reach enemies' territory, he gives them victories. He carries them with his provision. For Elijah, despairing under that tree, God comes to him. He bakes him bread. He gives him breakfast. He nourishes him back to strength. He, gives, he takes him to a mountainside and he gives him a glimpse of his power in the whisper of his presence. And he shows him 7,000 other people who believe right along with him. Here in the land between, probably more than any other place, when because in other places we feel like we've, we can provide for ourselves, right? Here when we're in the land between and we realize we can't provide for ourselves, we learn to depend on God's provision for every moment. Because like Moses and Elijah learned, we can't do it on our own. That's where we find God. And secondly, we may not like it. But here in the land between, more than any other time, more than any other place, we learn the value of God's discipline in our lives. 
I know you and I don't like the word discipline. We don't like to hear it, right? Discipline is uncomfortable, maybe even painful sometimes when we are disciplined. But we can't forget, as I've, as I've mentioned before, we can't forget that the root word for discipline is the same root as the word discipling. Discipling, becoming more and more like Jesus. God's discipline isn't punishment. God's discipline is discipling us, teaching us how to live like Jesus. And we need that. Right? The people of Israel needed discipline because they needed their lives changed. They needed to be transformed from being slaves to being free. They needed to be transformed from being ruled by Pharaoh to learning how to be ruled by God. They needed to be transformed from being grumblers to learning how to be people who trusted God. They needed God's discipline, his discipling, to help them transform because they couldn't change on their own. They couldn't grow on their own. You and I, we all need God's discipline, his discipling in our lives to transform us more and more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That happens well in this land between, if we'll stay there. Because sadly, sadly, it's when the desert journey begins, when we step into these difficult times, that a lot of people bail, that a lot of people step out. A lot of people, we go back to Egypt. We go back to what we had before. Because we don't want to experience God's discipline. We just want to stay where we were. Keep what we had. We don't want God to break our bad habits. We don't want God to turn us away from sin. We don't really want God to shake us out of our complacency. We don't want God to move us towards his dream because we're totally satisfied right where we are. We need God's discipline, his discipling. Is it pleasant? No, Is it fun? No. Do we look forward to it and enjoy it? Probably not. But it's in this desert place, this land between, that God will shape us, discipline us to who he's created us to be. And that's the greatest harvest that this desert in between place will grow. It's in these desert places more than any other place in our lives that we experience God's transformational growth in our own lives and in our communities. It's in the land between that we meet God most powerfully in our lives. It's in our pain that we experience his comfort. It's there in our questions that God brings assurance of his presence. It's there in our doubts that God teaches us how to trust. It's there when we feel most alone that God proves his faithfulness, never abandoning us, never giving up on the dream that he has for us and for you. And we can be confident of what that dream is that God has for us. Jeremiah 29, God himself says, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. 
You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God's preferred future for us is the glorious destination that we are stepping towards, that we are moving towards. The land between is the growing time, the learning time that will lead us there. So we are all about to begin in earnest our journey through this land between time. Stacy and I are stepping into a land between where there's a lot of unknown and even more that we can't control. And honestly, I've already had my meltdowns and I got more to come. Ivan Rest Church leaders, you're stepping into a land between. As you lead us as a church here into God's preferred future for us. And all of us together as the Ivan Rest family of God, we are stepping into the land between, moving together into God's unclear and sometimes pretty murky dream for us because we can't see it all right now. So as we begin, make no mistake, this is not an easy journey. Deserts and prisons and crosses are places that we probably would choose not to go to but we must choose to stay there. Because if we're ever going to get there, if we're ever going to get to where God dreams us to be, if we're ever going to experience the plans that he has for us, those plans to prosper us, those plans to give us a hope, those plans to give us a glorious future, then we need to journey through this land between. So while we're there, keep this checklist closed. Fight the temptation to complain. Watch out for those meltdowns that are sure to come. Look carefully for God's provision in your life. Experience his discipline and accept it and let him reshape you. And watch for the transformation that he wants to work in your life and in your community. Do not miss the good work that God wants to do here in this time. Do not waste this time. And if we all trust God enough and are faithfully following him, I know God will bring us to that preferred future that he has. And when we get there, we will be thankful for what we have right here, right now. And we'll also be thankful that God brought us there. Thankful that we didn't press the pause button, that we didn't bail out of the difficult journey and miss God's wonderfully disruptive dream for us. Would you pray with me? God, you know we like it comfortable. We like it when things don't change, when we can know what to plan on. You know that we like it here in so many ways. Maybe we like it here as a church and we don't want change to happen. Maybe some of us in our life 
are anticipating change and we would prefer just to keep things the way that they are. Father, give us the courage to step into the land between, knowing that you have brought us here, trusting, having faith enough to believe that you have a preferred future for us. You have a dream for us, a dream of a future that's better than today. As much as we love today, as much as we celebrate today, you have something better in mind. Keep that dream always in the front of our minds, Father, because we know that the journey that we embark in between is hard. And we're going to be tempted to step away. We're going to be tempted to complain and grumble. And we probably are going to have a time where we melt down and are ready to bail on the whole thing. Father, in those times, give us your provision. Give us yourself. Give us the courage to stay by your side. And we are eager for the day, Father, when we get there, wherever there is, wherever your dream for us is, because we don't see it clearly, in faith we step towards it. We look forward to reaching there in your presence and experiencing your goodness and your grace and your love all along the journey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.